Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you until noon. Appreciate you spending some of your uh, Friday morning here with Trent and myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we are, oh, in about 25 minutes, going to get back into taking a look at some of the teams that moved the needle in the state of Iowa over the last, oh, 20 or 30 years. Today is the 2011-2012 Iowa State men's basketball program. A team that won a game, made it to the round of 32 before falling to Kentucky uh, in the uh, second round of the tournament that the Yum Brands, right? It was in Louisville. Yes, it was. It, it was in was. Louisville. Yes. Uh, so we will uh, take a look at them at uh, at ten twenty five. Alex Halstead will then chime in on Iowa State. We'll pick his brain on that team, but then get current with Alex Halstead as we move to the end of the first hour of the program. The governor is off today. At least her press conference. She's not off. Uh, her press conference is not going to be held. Uh, the vice president Mike Pence is going to be in Des Moines. Uh, at some time, and apparently that will uh, keep the uh, team over there uh, busy, as one would uh, um, gather. So there'll be no press conference here this morning. We will hear uh, from one of our local teams. We're going to drag this out. Why wouldn't we? Uh, over the right. next three or four days, looking at all the local teams. We'll put the Super Bowl champs up first, uh, the Kansas City Chief. Get Nick Athens' thoughts on the uh, NFL schedule that was released yesterday. Tom Cakert on the Hawkeyes. And then, as we always do during these times, uh, we recap what uh, we did earlier in the week, NCMIC. Nick Mick makes it possible for us to do restaurant radio. And we give you one final reminder of restaurants that would love to see you this weekend. Let's be honest, everyone would love to see you this weekend. But uh, maybe some of the ones that we spotlighted might... Um jog something in you uh they're in your part of uh of central iowa maybe you'll stop by so we'll recap restaurant radio if you want to be a part of restaurant radio if you own a restaurant work at a restaurant manage a restaurant well, we'd love to have you uh we do it tuesdays and thursdays devote oh, probably 40 minutes 45 minutes uh to spotlighting some of the local restaurants uh in the community as they get through these times and uh, a couple of reasons why we do it it's uh, it's good for the community but it's also good to have those businesses staying afloat as much as they can. So when we do get the green light and all those uh, employees that sadly they've, and I certainly understand, uh, not being critical one bit, have, uh, have, um, have been forced to lay off. We want those businesses there so that they can, in all, uh, in best case scenario, be hired back. So Restaurant Radio Recap at 1145, but you can be a part of it. Tuesdays, Thursdays, just email myself, Show at gmail.com, or you can find Trent Condon on Facebook and reach out to him there and we will schedule you for a three four minute infomercial free of charge uh either tuesday or thursday trent condon we had some things we had one thing uh that kind of uh, got us excited last night was that th- that was the unveiling of the nfl schedule before we get into that can i just yeah. go back to what we were talking about maybe tuesday or wednesday when 
This guy does it every year, folks. And this is a public service announcement, just like restaurant radio is, especially if you've got an NFL sickness, as I do, and love the schedule when it comes out. You get so excited about these things every single year. <laughs> every year I fall for I get into it. And this, it's the same dude. I can guarantee you, uh, you should, somebody right now should snap up the Twitter handle at NFL Schedule 2021. Cause this guy, every single year comes out, he makes his appearance about two weeks before the draft and then starts air quote, leaking the schedule. Mm-hmm. Trent, I don't think you got one right. Not I one right. I don't think... I mean, oh, the opening doubleheader on, on week one, Green Bay at Indianapolis. Well... Nope. It'll be no, Vikings. It, yeah, it, well, it, well, no, that's... Vikings pack. No, 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 no. Uh, Monday night football. Oh, Monday night football, I guess. Right. You. Monday night football is going to be... Um, um, who is Monday night football? Well, I know it's the, the Broncos. Dip. Yes, you get, um, you get your... Uh, Pittsburgh Giants thing. is the other one. Yes. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Wait all season. Yes. Your team. Yes. Nine fifteen. You have nine fifteen. A B squad. Mike and Mike in the booth at one point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the B squad. Um yeah, that's true. I never thought about that part of it. But yeah, it's just boy, can you imagine how fired up True Lock is gonna be? Oh, I pity those <laughs> Titans. Uh he had Green Bay in Indianapolis, he had Miami and San Francisco, not even close. Let me fast forward to Thanksgiving, because this is the one that gets my attention. He's got Saints at the Lions. No, it's not the Saints. It's the Lions. It's the Texans at the Lions. Well, yeah, the Lions part, right? Yeah, he had the Cowboys part, right, too. Okay, all right. So I guess we got to give him a little bit of credit, but he had the Niners and the Cowboys. And then the late game, he had Atlanta and Minnesota, and it's Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So what you're saying is... Do not follow this dude. He does it every year. Public service announcement to you. Don't fall for it next year. Well, I didn't fall for it this year. You didn't. No, but I did two years ago, yeah. and I had egg all over my face, and I swear I'd never do it again. This is the dude that earlier in the week floated out there, have you heard? The NFL and Tampa Bay and Kansas City are working behind the scenes to move the game that was going to be scheduled in Tampa Bay to Kansas City. Not even close. Not even close. No. I mean, you can't do that. No, they're not going to do that. And then it was silly at the time. And yeah, They're so. going to trade two uh, two future home games for this one. Come on. So let me tell you. So you're trying to say that all the rest of the teams in the AFC West are okay with with Kansas City getting an extra home game this right. year? They get nine this year. They get nine. You know what? Deal with it. De- deal with it, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos. We're going to – come on. So anyways, folks, don't let yourself get sucked into this dude next year. And I I hope to, uh, in fact, I should put it in my calendar right now for May of 2021. Don't listen to schedule leaks on Twitter. Right. Or April, because maybe the schedule will be back to being released when it normally is. But overall, Trent, it was, um, look, the the local teams got to publish their schedule, got to tweet their schedule a half hour before. Mm -hmm. So really, the, the... Three, not that it wasn't useless, but the unveil at seven o'clock. Like I knew who Denver played. I knew who the local teams played because all the teams had put out who they were going to play on their team's Twitter account. See, I know what is. The, I wasn't even on Twitter, so it was all new to me. I flipped it on. I don't know six forty-five or so. Flipped on ESPN Sports Center was going on, and they had the Monday Night Football schedule, and that's you when know I what? saw your Broncos first <laughs> yeah. up, and I'm like, uh, Ken's going to be pissed yeah, about that. Was. But uh, yeah, so it was kind of new to me. But, boy, a lot of talk about the Buccaneers right away. Mm. That's where uh, they went. Five prime timers. W and L the whole way through Tampa. Yeah. Has that ever happened before on an, Tam- NFL, <laughs> on an NFL? They're going to kick things off yeah. with W and L in the Tampa Bay 
Buccaneers schedule? No, I'm going to say no. No, not going to guess not. No, I'm going. Although they did win a Super Bowl, they did. Ago. Not uh, in this century, in this century as well. Uh, one of the take my take takeaways up uh, before we get into the locals. Monday Night Football is back, no doubt. I think they ESPN. There had to be conversations, and I think oh. last year it was. It's been the last couple of years have been getting better. Yes, but Trent, it was almost like the NFL was punishing ESPN. There's no doubt. And you wonder, remember they were doing that. Here's Bengals, uh, here's Bengals Jags, enjoy. Oh, enjoy, yes, get excited. We got Panthers Jets. Right. Mm, okay, not going to do a whole lot. But they were at that time going through, remember they were doing the, the work looking at concussions? And they are working, I want to say, with public oh, television. Oh, interesting. And maybe saying, hey, huh. you're going to poke the bear, mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns. Mm-hmm. And well, this is the schedule we're going to get all the time. Mess with the bully, get the horns. Yeah. He used to say it all the time. That uh, with the bully, get the horns. But yeah, last year was an improvement, and this year, going through week after week, there aren't a whole lot of duds out of the sixteen games that they get. Uh no, they're re- they're real. I mean, find one. Can't early on. You can't. I mean, here's the slates: the Steelers, Giants, Titans, Broncos. That's the first week. Saints, Raiders. Perfect. That's the open of, Alle- of Allegiant Stadium awesome in Las Vegas. It's going to be terrific. Chiefs-Ravens. Yes. I mean, we thought we'd see that in the AFC Championship last year. Um, Tennessee had other plans. Uh, but but Chiefs-Ravens, Falcons-Packers, Chargers-Saints, Cardinals, who are going to be... Look, at the Cardinals are going to be that fashionable pick, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's looking at the, at the Cardinals as a team that's going to be better. The Rams are taking a step back. They're going the wrong way. I'm going to uh-huh. go off the board here. The Cardinals are going to win. Right. The 49ers not going to do it back-to-back Hopkins, years. That now we're giving the kids some weapons to throw to. Yeah. Um, Cardinals-Cowboys are that uh, that trendy, or will be that trendy pick. Your Bears and the Rams, Buccaneers and the Giants. you got the Brady-Gronk factor. I don't think the Giants will be worth a crap. Patriots-Jets, I mean... Might be a dud. It might be a dud, but still the Patriots is still, still the Patriots. a New York team. Vikings, Bears the following week. Yes. Sign me up for that one. Rams and Buccaneers. There's Brady again. Brady, by the way, and the Buccaneers have primetime games in back-to-back-to-back weeks. Wow. Three straight weeks they're in primetime. Seattle will play make a trip to Philadelphia. You've seen that game in the playoffs mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Bills and the Niners. Bills are going to be good. Niners are defending NFC champs. Ravens, Brownies. Mm, who knows? Yeah. Steelers, Bengals. I mean, okay. Uh, we got Joe Burrow, and hopefully he'll be still standing in Week 16 against uh, against the Steelers. And then, uh, oh, that was Week 15. To wrap things up, we've got the Bills and the Patriots as the final Monday Nighters. So, an excellent slate of games. And by the way, that game on the 28th, on the game on the 21st, look at the look at the weather games, potential oh, yes. weather games. The last three: Cleveland, Cincy, New England. Pretty good chance that we might have some snow on the ground one of those weekends and or one of those Mondays. We know it year after year. Snow games, they rate well. People oh love watching football yeah. in the snow. A couple other things bounced out, but we mentioned Thanksgiving, the actual Thanksgiving slate. I think a pretty good one, though. I Texans, do too. Lions get to see Deshaun Watson in there. Skins, Cowboys, of course, uh, an old rivalry. And then finishing up with Ravens, Steelers. Yeah, yes. huge. Oh, love, love the way that wraps up. Well, I mean, Trent, Baltimore and Pittsburgh was the, there was a, I don't know, I don't think it is anymore. Maybe it still is for, for some people. Do you remember that window when this was the, mm-hmm. this was the best rivalry in the NFL for a few years? Um, Boy, they, they they played some games. They played some games in the last decade. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty good slate. And how about Christmas Day? Yes, and that was... That's I'd, a Friday. Christmas is a Friday. 
I didn't expect it. Nor did I. I didn't anticipate this was something that they're going to serve out. And depending on the schedule, this happens from time to time. But no Thursday night game that week. No Christmas Eve game. Instead, we will be served middle of the afternoon, 3.30. Mm-hmm. Vikings on the road down to New Orleans to take on the mm-hmm. Saints. Uh, another game we've seen quite often here in recent years. <laughs> Boy, have we ever. Isn't that the truth, right? Then uh, a couple of oh. very memorable games. Certainly. Well, the Vikings knocked them out of the playoffs last year, so there'll be a little, well, that's going to be great. It's going to be terrific. Now, weeks 14, no, weeks 15 and 16, they have, there are, I think, four games that they have not assigned a kickoff time to. Weeks 15 and 16, we're going to have Saturday football. Uh, and the NFL at some point, and I'm not sure when it's going to be. Well, I do. I have it in front of me right now. I'm reading it for the first time. Uh, the NFL, four weeks prior to week 15 and week 16, will identify as many as three games for those Saturdays. So Saturday the 16th and Saturday the... No, it'll be Saturday the 19th. The 19th, okay. And then, and then the 26th. Or is it the twelfth? Is it the twenty sixth? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we've got we'll have three games on those Saturdays. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, like I like the Thanksgiving games a lot. I like the fact there's a game on Christmas Day. I do not like the fact that um, the Tennessee and Bronco fans are going to have to wait until nine fifteen on opening week of the season. Boy, oh boy! Have a little out. coffee. You'll be all right. No, I'll be all right. But I'm instead just... of your beer, you got to do coffee. Well, that's not going to happen. Oh, okay. It's not going to happen. No. I mean, I haven't missed a day in years. Why would why would I miss one? That's not true. I did was feel I wasn't feeling well one day earlier this year, and I took a night off. One night off. I did. I took one night off in the last couple of years. So, anyways, <laughs> I don't have problems. I just like beer. Yeah, nothing right? wrong with that. Absolutely, and I've liked it since I've been in a long time. <laughs> anyways, uh, your Bears. What were your thoughts on your on your team schedule? Anything jump out for you, or where did you gravitate to first of all? Well, the the opener at the Lions, which. Boy, go on the road, divisional game. We know how difficult those are to start off. You, this team cannot afford to get off to a bad start and to start with that one. One that it's in the middle of the schedule, you can maybe talk yourself into a victory. Certainly didn't like that part of it. Of course, week mm-hmm. five. How many prime timers for the Bears? I think it was three. Okay. I think that it was uh, the week five game, the Thursday night game, though, with the Buccaneers and oh. Tom and Gronk coming in for Thursday night football, October 8th. That was one. That certainly my eyes jumped to, and then the conclusion. Now, if they if they were allowed, and maybe we'll be at that point where we, Soldier Field's going to have fans. Yeah, I doubt it, and, uh, but we, we shall see. Wonder what ticket prices would be for Ooh. that one—a Thursday night game with Brady and Gronk—and let's you know the, say the Bears get off to a good start. What are the, their games before that? At Lions, home to Giants; at Atlanta, home to Colts. So that's a tough schedule. It is a tough schedule. I you, mean, they should—they'll beat the Giants. You would think. You would think the so. home opener. But the Colts game will be tough at home. Uh-huh. Both those road games, I think, are going to be difficult. I, I W'd and L'd it last night. Game up at five and eleven. No, you didn't. Yeah, five and eleven. Let let me go through it real quick. Okay. All right. So you're so um. Let, let's. Do they split with the Lions? Yeah. Do they split with the Vikings. Yes. Do they split with the Packers? No. Okay, so they got two. Here's the uh, here's the out of conference. Home to Giants. There's three wins at Atlanta. No. Home to Colts? No. At Carolina? No. That's four. I'm going four. At Rams? No. Home to Saints? No. At Titans? No. Home to Texans? Yes. At Jags? No. Maybe you're right. 5-11, Bears fans. Let's get excited. Ryan Pace, out of a job? 
Uh, yeah, if they're 5-11. and 11. Nagy out that, of the job? Well, yeah, because the new GM's going to bring in his guy. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Written, we're wrong, aren't we? I hope we are. I am not confident in this squad. Yeah, I know that. Phil uh, Mack needs to be the guy we saw two years ago, not the guy that we saw last true. season. That's true. He had a bad year last year, Trent. I agree with you. Took a step back. By his standards. Yes. He had eight and a half sacks, and but he also only had eight tackles for loss outside uh-huh. of that. It just so He had Von Miller numbers. Von Miller had right. his worst year, eight and a half sacks. I mean, a lot of guys would love to have that. Sure. That's a career for a lot of guys. Uh, but not for Khalil Mack or Von Miller. Plain and simple. Not when you're going out and spending what they did to bring in Khalil Mack. Right. You expect one of the impact players in the NFL, and he wasn't that. Actually, he was a good player. He was uh, a great player. Paul Allen always likes to do this. Tries to find the v- first loss on the Vikings schedule. You know, okay. I can't see a loss. Haven't found the first loss with all his hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers. Um, it's a tough schedule for the Vikings, I think. I, I thought the exact same thing. Mentioned Packers in week one uh-huh. to open things up at U.S. Bank Stadium, but going to the Colts That's in a, week two. Colts are going to be good. I really think so. Titans, we saw them a year ago. We did. Titans are good. Good luck with Derrick Henry. You get them in U.S. Bank, though. Mm-hmm. Then they have to go down to Houston. See, I think they'll beat the Packers opening week. I do too. I, I believe that yep. they get off on the right foot. I don't. I think they're probably one and one before Tennessee comes to mm-hmm. town. I. That's a tough game, but I think the Vikings will win at Texans. Texans. I, I don't know what kind of off season they've had. I know that. Uh, well, I do know in a lot of ways they've given up a lot of their dues, but I don't think they're better than they were last year. Of course, we'll get a pretty good look at them on opening night. Uh, then they go to Seattle. Good luck with that. That's a Sunday night football game. Atlanta comes in. This should beat Atlanta, I would think, mm-hmm. but it's not a gimme by any means. Then you got to go to Lambeau, home to Lions, at Bears, play the Cowboys, Panthers at Panthers and Jags. Those two wins back to back at Tampa Bay. I came up with nine and seven when Trent, I Trent, I think night. nine and seven might be generous. This is a tough, tough slate. Keep your head above water. It eases up there towards kind of that middle late portion. Christmas Day at Saints is easy. No, 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 not not that late. Oh, but, okay, gotcha. Yes, yeah. Gotcha. We're talking. What would it be? Basically, weeks. Oh, week starting week nine. After you go to Lambeau, you get the Lions. You get the Bears. Cowboys come into town. Mm-hmm. Three straight home games, in fact, for for the Vikings there. Cowboys, Gotta Panthers, win two Jaguars, of them. at the very least. Yep. Certainly to be in playoff consideration. So, eh, overall, 9-7, and seven, good enough for a wild card. Good enough to win the division. Let's go Packers next. All right, let's, let me find the Packers real quick. Let me, let's do the pack. The Green Bay Packers. Well, we know they open in mini. They're going to mm-hmm. lose that. They'll beat the Lions. That's two. They lose to the Saints. They beat the Falcons. That's... What, what, where were we? Uh, that's one, two. At Buccaneers, tough. At Texans, say they split three. Beat the Vikings at home, four, maybe. Uh, at Niners, no shot. I, I know Niners embarrassed them last, uh, last year in the game back in San Francisco, so that's not going to go their way. So what do we got them at? Four. At Jags, five. Colts, tough. Bears, Bears, Eagles split one of those six. At Lions, maybe seven. Beat Carolina, eight. At Titans, yeah, maybe nine. That's what I came up with. So I was five and eleven for the Bears, nine and seven for the Vikings, 
Nine and seven for the Packers. Lions win the division at eleven and five. Oh, look at that! <laughs> no, I don't see it. Patricia and the pencil on their way to the. Well, playoffs. he's singing for a supper too. I mean, yes, he's he got to have a good year, or he's going to be shown the door in Detroit. Oh, it was fun. The NFLs. We knew who they were playing. We knew that they were going to be home or away, but we didn't know how it was going to fall. And the NFL has made some incredible contingency plans if they have to back the schedule up. Uh, weeks one, two, three, and four might become eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and mm-hmm. twenty-one. The second week of the season, your opponent and uh, every all of the games in week two, those two opponents share the same bye week. So week two is Lions and Vikings. They share the same bye week so that if we do have to schedule them later on in the year, uh, it's easy, it's easier to do because um, they'll be they'll both be open on the same week. And so if the we, NFL's making plans. They they are. If if things are pushed back though, you know, the Thursday night schedule and, and just think if it you know, pops down a little bit later on to I don't know, say three, four weeks in looking at the Thursday night slate. I mean, if we push it back when all of a sudden the season starts in week three, you're looking at Miami Jacksonville to begin the NFL schedule. That wouldn't be fun. That would be the Thursday oh, night game in week three. Week four would be your Broncos against the Jets, at least a little bit. But better. that's NFL Network. That that one got that was ticketed for the NFL Network, I think. And I, I think there'd be certainly some moving yeah. parts. NBC would either, hey, we get another game, or there's going to be some backroom dealing that's mm-hmm. going to happen if that plays out. But yeah, that's one thing I looked at. If you know, we do delay the first two weeks of the season, starting week three, Miami Jacksonville kicks off your NFL schedule. P U. <laughs> Although you know what. Think how gaga we would be. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Dolphins, Jags. Yeah, Because if the NFL schedule's been delayed, mm-hmm. you know college football's not not happening. Right. So if we've got that on a Thursday night, and whew, I'd be over the moon. <laughs> Week one lines are out. Oh. I'm uh, definitely very excited about that. Okay. Have you found, some, so have you found something to uh, to attack? I, I think there's a few numbers that were out there that at least jumped off the page to me. Let me... Uh, Find once again. How big a favorite of the Chiefs? Double digits? Nah, they shouldn't be that much. I think it was nine. It's uh, opening line eleven and a half. Currently wow. at ten. Is it really for that one? Ah, uh, let's see. On the local front, Packers at the Vikings. Uh, Vikings three. Three is where it opened. It's now three and a half. Okay. The Vikings are favored. Lions hosting the Bears. Open at Pickham. Currently, the Lions are a one point favorite hmm. in that matchup. So that. Takes care of the locals. What were the ones that jumped off to me? I had a couple here in my notes. Oh, the first one, love Atlanta. They're getting a point against Seattle at home. I think Atlanta is, is going to be better. I do, too. Seattle making the long trip. That's mm-hmm. week one. Is that a noon kick? Yes. The late afternoon window, the national game, Tampa Tom making his way to New Orleans. Saints a four-point favorite. Give me the Saints. I'm going to lay the points all day in the Superdome. Tampa's got a good defense, Trent. And their offensive line, I know you didn't like it. I think they were better. And Tristan Wirfs, I think, is going to be an impact player right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the Saints pick pick them off. I'm with you. I'll lay the four in that one. Okay. And good thing is, right now, you can start betting these things. You can. Sit in there, and you Mm -hmm. might find yourself, by the time we get to week one, with a great middling opportunity. Yeah, that's a great point. That's an excellent point. An injury, yep. point spread, just... Now, I wonder what the limits are in some of these games. Oh, I'm I mean, not that you're going to no, affect you one way or the other. <laughs> My limit's a little bit different than even the limits they put in the casino. But a chance to have some fun, look through the lines. Boy, it was good. I, I found that sheet on Twitter last night and just started salivating. Week one, NFL lines, here we go. Yeah, it was good to see. It was fun to see the... Um, 
the schedule come together last night. It seems a little bit more real, does it not? I mean, it did for me. How about this one, too? I, this was also one I did have in my notes, not just... What are the Broncos' favorite? That's what it was. Oh, okay. It opened at two and a half. Which, Denver, two and a half yeah. at home, okay. Against Tennessee. Yeah. Derrick Henry. And now it's one and a half. I'm, yeah. I'm laying that with the Broncos at home. I'm laying... Up to three and a half. I, I think, think they're going to be better, but you got to remember they're they're counting on a lot of youth. I mean, it's true. These yeah. are, they they want these rookies right away. And Derrick Henry, he's a load. And oh, Tannehill magic. Tannehill, he's not going to have it that that. I mean, Drew Locke is going to be out of his skin. I pity the Titans that night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a time out. We're going to come back and uh, we will uh, take a look at the 2011-2012 Roshan Corporation sponsors Iowa State Men's Basketball Program. I'm the best player on the floor. Royce White. You know what? And you take a look at that Kentucky roster. They had some dudes. <laughs> but Royce White, man, he was so good in that basketball game. When he said that, honest to God, um, I got the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I mean, talk about follow me, boys. Yes, yeah. Right? I got you. Follow me. Now, it didn't turn out well, uh, but... Um, Boy, he was a hell of a player. KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword COUCH to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's COUCH to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Miller Condon till noon to take a well, look back. Not a long look back, but we will don't have to go back, what, about a decade? Not quite. 2011-12 uh, Iowa State men's basketball program. We continue on. Alex Halstead will join us. Nick Athen on the Chiefs to start the 11 o'clock hour. Tom Cakert's going to be here. It's a busy Friday on Miller and Condon. We're with you until noon. Talking sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 107.7. Hi, welcome back Miller and Condon. want to remind everybody today's the final day for you to enter to win a pair of of diamond earrings from Fiskus Jewelers in Ankeny. Mother's Day is this coming Sunday. These are $500 value, these diamond earrings are. You can win them. Simply go to kxno.com and upload a picture of you with your mom. Um, simple as that. kxno.com. Click on the link. Upload a picture of you and mom. And you've got a chance to win a $500 pair of diamond earrings from our friends at Fiscus Jewelers in Ankeny. So, tick, tick, tick. Yes, get on it. And Time's Mother's ticking Day. away. Indeed it is. Just a few days away. Got to get things figured out. It's Friday. Yeah, you got plenty of time. <laughs> Last minute, right? Absolutely. I always get a kick of going to Hy-Vee or going anywhere on Saturday in the card aisle and the florist. I mean, maybe it's different this year. I'm assuming it is. Um, but, uh, you know, just all the guys, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that uh, got caught up in last minute. Anyways, let's move on. We uh, want to go back to the 2011-2012 uh, Iowa State men's basketball team. It's sponsored by our friends at Roshan Corp. We'll tell you about them in just a moment. Uh, but Trent, this was a uh, this was a team that um, you know the, maybe the beginning of the turnaround for mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Coach Hoiberg. And man, they would have some dudes over the next decade, would we not? This uh, this past year uh, being the exceptional, the Halliburton would fit in any list that you want to put as far as dudes names uh but this one was led by i think honestly one of the more unstoppable 
players that we've seen in the state, one of the more dominant, one of the more do-it-all, can play a whole bunch of different positions. I mean, Royce White was a problem. Yes. So many different ways that he could beat you. It wasn't just with the scoring. It was a 6-9 point guard yes, forward. As a passer, as a defender, uh-huh. he getting out in the break in so many different ways that he could do that. He could shoot it from the outside. He could get to the rim seemingly any time that he wanted. His body type was difficult to defend. Mm-hmm. And I think the lasting image, and you mentioned it during the break, is in their final game of the season against Kentucky, a Kentucky team that was yeah. loaded. Yeah. And him running down the floor after making a play, saying, I'm the best blank best man. player on the field. I'm on the, the best, floor. Yeah, I'm the best player on the floor. You know, get get behind me. I'll... And Anthony Davis was on that floor. <laughs> yes, he was. Anthony Kate Davis. Gilchrist was on that team. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, there were, there were some other guys on that team. Teague was on that team. Um, boy, oh boy. Yeah, uh, but back to Iowa State and just they had a couple of shooters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scotty Christofferson and Tyrus McGee could fill it up. Corey Lucas, uh, Lucas was, uh, a part of that squad after he transferred and had sat out from Michigan State. But, uh, Melvin Edgem, his career, and I know that, you know, I, I, I'm, I really believe this, um, and this is, you, you want George Niang as part of your program, right, and Monte right. Morris, uh, and, and Matt Thomas, and all, the, and all those guys that followed him, um, but Melvin Edgem, going through the coaches that he went with, stuck through it, he was a hell of a player, and I'm not just saying this because he's a fellow Canadian, he had a hell of a career at Iowa State. Well, he had the monster performance, what, the for the 40-point game, was it? Yeah, set a record, Big 12 record. Had a Big 12 record. TCU, was it? I think it was TCU. Is that what it was? I think yeah. it was. It was a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, early on, going into the season, your number one at Hoiberg wasn't very good. Right. They're bringing in these transfers, including Royce White, who I think was probably the most even talked about going into it. You mentioned Lucius, who sat out that season, played the following year mm-hmm. as a one-year, had to actually use the redshirt rule, and then came back in the next season. But wasn't sure how it was going to work out. I, I didn't think Hoiberg was going to work. I thought it was going to be another Clyde Drexler. Yeah, I, I thought that was the direction that they were going to go. And mm-hmm. after they lose to Drake... Again, lose right. to Drake yeah, I know. early on that season. It felt like, well, here they go. No, nope, 100% right. They're 1-1, one and one, and they lose to you and I that year. That one at home, they lost. We'd seen them lose plenty of times at the Unidome into the McLeod Center. Not very often you saw them lose to Ames. They lose to Michigan after that. And at that point, they're sitting there at 5-3. and three. In year two, I don't think it was going to click. Mm-hmm. It just It didn't feel like it was. They finished off the non-conference really outside of the Iowa game. Didn't play anybody, but... You get into Big 12 play, and there were those moments where you watch this team just playing at such a high level. I, I, I think it was the Kansas game Yes, in Ames. That, that maybe... one that started to push it uh-huh. a little bit. The Kansas game, as I went back, I couldn't find any highlights, which I was baffled okay. about. I mean, I, I looked high and low for highlights. I uh, I found a clip from, it wasn't Spanish, but it was somewhere across the pond, <laughs> yeah. that the highlights were in some other language, but I couldn't find any highlights of that game, but... Remembering back, looking at the box score of that one, that was their first win against a top five team since 1996. Mm. That was unthinkable yeah. to me when I when I came across that nugget. Looking, I didn't it had know been that, that long wow. since they'd beaten a top five team, and they'd had plenty of opportunities. Certainly. Yeah, that's Help since '96. I mean, they had some teams. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's the other team part. that went to the to the Elite Eight for crying yeah. out loud. Uh, they did not do well in the Big Twelve tournament. They they lost their when they they got picked off in their first game in the tournament. Uh, then they would beat UConn before falling to uh, Kentucky uh, to end the season. But it was a fun team to watch, and I think for Iowa State fans. You maybe started to 
feel like you were coming out of this doldrum, right? You didn't mm-hmm. know what it was going to be like. McDermott did, did not go well. Of course, Wayne Morgan prior to that, um, that was kind of a forgettable period. Not that McDermott didn't have any. There were some moments, not enough of them under the McDermott uh, umbrella, but then the first year of Hoiberg. But this started to feel like, you know what, maybe this is going to work. And, you know, you look at the at the, at the, at the, um, at the guys that would play uh, for Hoiberg in the years to come. Um, boy, oh boy, they had some players. It was incredible. And this squad just, you know, how differently they were built. They didn't play the way that I think we kind of got to know them. You mentioned a couple of shooters outside of McGee, uh-huh. at least at that point in the Didn't come, become the guy the next season where, yeah. boy, any side, anything inside uh, 30 feet, he, he just felt like he was automatic. Yeah. Just such a beautiful shot watching him. And Chris Babs on that team, man, he was a great defender. Mm-hmm. Terrific defender. I have the highlight here that you were talking about. Against Kentucky in the NCAA tournament, let's take a listen. You get an A-team for this one. Kentucky, Iowa State, and Royce White. Stole the ball, and here he comes again. Woo! All set up by great defense. Royce to the 10. Send it in with that motor. So good. Yeah. So good. Could listen to those guys call a game. Vern, no more on basketball. No, he's done. So, and that was didn't Royce White? Didn't he drive to Louisville? What didn't his uncle take him to Louisville? That's right. Yeah, I right? forgot about that. He didn't want to travel yes. with the team. Of course, he had a, he had a fear of flying, which mm-hmm. maybe I mean we don't know. Uh, certainly didn't help his NBA chances. Right, right. Um, and we know that didn't go well. But boy, oh boy. He was such a good player, such a good player. Him, and then they would have DeAndre Kane, and he was a nightmare mm-hmm. matchup in the years to come. But this guy, for me, you know, remember when the um, when the pandemic first hit? Do you remember one of the things that caught fire on Twitter? You can only choose four of these nine or five oh, yeah, of the yeah. nine. You had all the blocks, and there was an Iowa State one of those. They put like nine Iowa State players. Um, and they were, you know, find your best five, your starting five, and pick five, and my five will beat your five type of thing. I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, anybody that doesn't have Royce White in your team, you're beaten. Or yes. And I don't care who you pick. <laughs> take take Royce White right. with the number one pick, and I'll take picks he six, was, seven, eight, nine. He was unguardable, Trent. Unguardable. He was at the height of his powers oh as God. a college basketball yep. player. Fun team. They beat UConn in the first round. You know, another thing looking back, and my memory whatever reason, is faded on this. They get an eight seed, though, in the NCAA tournament. Kind of looking at their resume, should they have been a bit higher? I, I know well, there was lost. a lot of losses, Trent. A there lot were. of losses. Ten losses. Uh-huh. They were, what, 22-10 and 10 going in. And the Kansas game, they, they went on a little bit of a run, but they lost a lot of games. And don't forget, they were they were picked off in, the first, in their first game in the Big 12 tournament. That probably so. hurt, too. You know, maybe, maybe that knocked them from the seven line. They wouldn't have been too far down, but... Um, yeah, it was a fun team to watch. Seemed like that the, this was the beginning of the of the Hoiberg uh, of Hoiball of Hoiball as uh, you, the Cyclone fans would come to know it back in the day. Hoiball seemed to be born that year. Who else are we missing on that team that we didn't recognize? Uh, Boo Boo Palo's a part of. It. We mentioned uh, we mentioned Bab uh, Christofferson, Anthony uh, Booker. Yeah, there's a guy. Twenty two. I'm pretty sure his number was twenty two. Was he a lefty? Was Percy Gibson a lefty? Percy Gibson was wider. Remember that? Percy uh-huh. Gibson was a big dude. Maybe they both were. Very well could have been, but a couple of guys inside. Anthony Booker actually, pretty good recruit. Ended yeah. up at and SIU. I thought Percy Gibson was going to be a good recruit. I thought so. He, Gibson was kind of a disappointment. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that would be I'm fair to say on that squad. He mentioned Edgem. Chris Allen. Yeah. Really nice player. Mm-hmm. A guy coming in. 
and uh, kind of leading the way for this transfer market and the way that it opened up. And we talked about this. It, to think that Iowa State would be able to replicate this in today's day and age, just not realistic. And we're yeah. seeing that happen on the recruiting trail right now. You know who we missed on that team that we didn't talk about? Will Clyburn had a nice role on that team. Was that that was that I think that was the following season, wasn't was it? Was it the following year? Okay, maybe I think it was. So yeah, I think that was 2012, 2013 okay. that Clyburn was. Yeah, because he was the he was the guy. Uh or this this the the was he a senior the following year? Yeah, Anyways. Because yeah. um, I think he was another one that was redshirting gotcha. that season. Gotcha. He was on the roster, but he was redshirting Yeah, out. in the following year. Yep. And then he played pro, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Made a little bit of dough. Cup of coffee. Yep. Not too bad. Fun team, and uh, we'll talk to Alex Halstead a little bit more mm-hmm. about that squad, too. Get some of his memories going back in time nine years ago. Doesn't feel that long, does it? No. No, really doesn't. Uh, but that if you can find that on Twitter, Cyclone fans, uh, you go ahead and you pick your starting five, but I'll give you a little tip. <laughs> put Royce on there. Put Royce on there uh, before you get to anybody else. Monty Morris would be the point guard. You need Hoiberg to shoot the basketball. Um yeah, a lot of guys. They've had a lot of guys at Iowa State. Uh, but we, certainly not this year, not enough of them this year as injuries hit. And the biggest injury of all, obviously, was Tyrese Halliburton. All right, Roshan Corporation. Trent, tell us about the folks at Roshan Corporation. Well, great teams in the state of Iowa. We're going to do this twice a week going forward, presented by Roshan Corporation. Integrity, quality, and reliability are the building blocks for Roshan Corporation. Commercial construction leads. They do small commercial space remodels and large-scale projects projects that can help you out. Find them online, Roshan Corporation. It's RoshanIA.com. That's R-O-C-H-O-N-I-A.com for Roshan Corporation. We'll take a time out. Alex Halstead joins the program next. Uh, the governor is not going to uh, have her press conference today, so we'll stick with sports the entire two hours as Miller and Condon take you up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 101- with the Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Alright, welcome back to Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Alex Halstead momentarily. Ben's been patient holding. He wants to chime in. Ben, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, guys, happy Friday. I just wanted to comment on uh, the whole Brady-Rogers um, thing with Packers drafting quarterback. Yeah. I'm an NFL fan. My team is actually the Cowboys, but I honestly don't get the infatuation, if that's maybe the right word, with these QBs nowadays who think that they can play into their 40s. Yeah. Um, it's almost geriatric, if you'll pardon the term. Um, back in the day, my favorite QB was Troy Aikman, and Steve Young was also really great. And those guys, they were lucky enough to finish on their own terms. They were actually forced out by injury. Yep. Concussion. And these quarterbacks, I mean, they're lucky they're still playing at a high level. Obviously, Brady is into supplements and things like that that maybe prolong his career. But I want to get your thoughts. I mean, I don't know why Rodgers was surprised if they if he was surprised if they did draft a quarterback to venture a place because nobody's going to go on forever. No, I, I agree with you, Ben. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, look, I, I, I understand what the Packers did. Yeah. I, I get what the Packers did. They've um, they they thought that this was going to be the you know the the Favre to Rogers to Love, and I mean you'd be awful lucky if you get the uh, the longevity that you do out of the former two. But I, I get the draft pick. I understand it. I think it would have made more sense before last season. 
to do something like that as Rodgers, the injuries help. were piling. Yes. And there were so many receivers in this draft, so you many go good receivers. And three, you get to the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game, and you do it now. See, here's the thing. I mean, Brady wants to continue to play, but he's got to go somewhere else to do so. Rodgers is in all likelihood going to end his career somewhere other than Green Bay. Favre did. And the Favre dirty secret, the Viking. Tom Brady wasn't very good last year. He was not. He was not. No, I feel like there's a lot of NFL people out there that are forgetting the guy that we saw last year yeah. was not the Brady that even the year previous we I'm seen. not writing him off. <laughs> I'm not writing him off. Let's get Alex Halstead in here. Alex Trenton Ken, thanks for being patient coming on. How are you, Alex Halstead? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing this weekend? Doing well. Week going into the weekend. Yeah, well, looking forward looking to it. Back a day's here. Uh, it, doesn't that the way it's certainly been the case for me as well? I don't, most days, I'm not sure what day it is they blend. You know, 2011, 2012 seemingly was the beginning. As we go back, uh, Trent and I just talked about this team. Um, we take a look back at some of the better teams in the state of Iowa, Cyclones, Panthers, Bulldogs, and Hawkeyes. And today was 11-12 uh, men's basketball. This seemingly was the beginning of a pretty a pretty good decade for Iowa State basketball. When you take a look at some of the guys, obviously Royce White leading the way on that team, but Melvin Edgem was uh, he's a sophomore on that team. They had a couple of shooters, and McGee and Christofferson, Allen and Babb. Of course, Babb was such a defensive stopper uh, type of player. What do you remember about that team, Alex? Yeah, well, I think the, the first thing that stands out is that that team was kind of the payoff for some patience that year prior. Obviously, you know, that, that team had a lot of sit-out transfers that then uh, produced. And, you know, that year before, people had to wait on watching, you know, Royce White sit on that baseline. And um, some of those different guys had to sit on that baseline and watch. And then it paid off that next year, you know, going and advancing to the second weekend. And um, I think that's the first thing that stands out is that that plan kind of came to fruition. And it was maybe one of the first times, and that was kind of just commonplace, but it was one of the first times you saw a team that was put together the way Fred Hoiberg did through the transfer market and through sit-out transfers in a year of development. Uh, It's kind of what he tried to do here this last year at Nebraska. We'll see if it works. And um, I think that's the first thing. The second thing is I think it's a little bit of a season of of what if for as exciting and, and everything as it was, uh, what if you don't, you know, get get matched up with Kentucky there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the team that obviously was was the one seed. And then I think the other thing is um, you had a little bit of what ifs going the season prior and then the, that next season. You know, Royce White, obviously he had to sit out, and him and Deontay Garrett never kind of met each other. And it would have been interesting, mm-hmm. and I know Royce White was a point forward. Uh, but, you know, that team kind of maybe could have used a Deontay Garrett, and that next year Royce White leaves, and, and that team probably could have used a guy like Royce White. So, you know, I think it's a combination of things. It's, it's you know, the patience of, of the payoff, but also a little bit of what ifs in, in both directions because you had a few players of what if you had them the year before or, or the year after. I know a lot of Cyclone people certainly have love for George Niang and, and all of the number of guys that have come through there, Monte Morris, and we could go on and on and on. Was Royce White the best player that you saw on the hardwood at Hilton? Yeah, I think so because of, of what he just was capable of doing at that size. Um, you know, to be a a point forward and to be able to handle the ball and do those things, um, I, I, I think so. And, and that's why you saw him right near the lottery, obviously, as uh, I think that year was the number 16 pick. And so, um, you know, definitely I think so, but it's kind of too bad that we never got to see what that could yeah. become. And whether that would have been another year at Iowa State, which uh, we know, you know, Fred Hoiberg probably managed things behind the scenes there with him to kind of, you know, keep things running. I think you have to give Hoiberg a lot of credit for the way he handled that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say Royce maybe drove to one or two games or, or something. And, he drove um, to the tournament, did he not, in Louisville? I'm pretty sure he did. 
Yeah, I know he drove to a couple things, yeah. and, and you know, I, I don't know if there was ever a big deal made of that. And obviously, that became a thing in the NBA. So it's it's kind of a you know, you got to give Hoiberg some credit, but yeah. also, um, you know, what could his, his career have become? Because you know, he wasn't the uh, top twenty pick for no reason. But it's kind of a shame you never got to see what that development could become. Yeah, he was uh, he was such a, a, a defensive nightmare is what I mean, how are you going to put on him, right? It, it didn't matter. You know, a couple of years after that, DeAndre Kane, now he was clearly nowhere near as big as Royce White was, but I thought Kane kind of fit that same mold, kind of that Swiss Army knife. He can do anything. You can you can ask Kane to do, maybe with the exception of playing the five, uh, but he filled so many roles like Royce White did. Yeah, his personality probably fit well, too. I mean, he's probably helped mold Monte into what he became. I think Monte said it was basically like a kid going against the man in practice that, that year. And so um, King really did not take it easy on him. He uh, probably made him uncomfortable a little bit, you know, being the age difference and all that and the way he would go at him. But I think it helped Monte grow. I think Monte says that. And um, he was able to do different things. Like you said, it wasn't the exact same position, but he was able to obviously handle the ball, but then um, do some different things. And, you know, I was kind of surprised he never got much of a shot at the NBA, at least looks. He went to, I think, summer league that year, but then didn't settle. But I think he's had a, a pretty decent overseas career. Obviously, he's been part of that um, uh, the tournament, and he's been part of that, that Euro team or whatever it is that, that's consistently won it. So he's had some success there. But, um, yeah, him and Rory probably stand out as two of the – the big transfers. Obviously, there's so many. You could probably go rank them, and there's probably been about 20 since since Hoiberg started, and you could rank them. And I think that top, you could probably find the top five, six pretty easily, but what order do you put them in? Mm-hmm. It, you know, between those guys and Chris Allen and uh, Corey Lucius and uh, kind of the list. Clyburn. Interesting to kind of, yeah, Clyburn. It'd be interesting to kind of, you know, even Nader blossomed under, yeah. you know, by the time he Good point. He on at Iowa State. And so Bryce is on Jones. I mean, there's a long list of guys, but I think Royce and DeAndre uh, are probably right at the top there, right near the top for you know guys that I think had impacts. Talking with Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. To the here and now as they look to build the roster for next season with some transfers. Picked up Tyler Harris a week, week and a half ago. He'll be more than likely a sit-out transfer coming in from Memphis. A couple of guys are still in the mix for Jose Perez from Gardner-Webb. Good list for him. Certainly a volume shooter. Averaged 15 points a game, but did it on 34% shooting from the field and 25% from three. And also Chandi Brown from Wake Forest. What can you tell us of the latest recruiting on those two? Yeah, Chandi Brown, I think, is getting closer to a decision. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's moving towards Iowa State. Obviously, we talked, I think, maybe it was last week, that he has to make a decision between the NBA draft and then his fourth finalist. I think he may end up going to a school uh, rather than the NBA draft, but I know there's been some Illinois buzz there, so uh, that one maybe will maybe will end sooner than later, but uh, as of now, I, I'm not sure that Iowa State's probably the front runner uh, there. Perez, I'm not sure how involved Iowa State is. I think we'll find find that out uh, here sooner than the other one, unless I missed it here, because um, these things are changing so much, but Coleman lands from uh, DePaul, Iowa State's involved in that one. That's been a really quiet recruitment. You know, you kind of have a mix of guys who are putting out all these schools they're talking to, and then you have a mix of guys who you have kind of no idea who they're talking to, and you can kind of tell which camps are kind of putting out word or, or whatever about what, where things stand. So there's a few guys that are still out there, but um, I wouldn't say they're running out of time. I mean, ideally, you'd probably have at least half the scholarships filled, but with three scholarships left, they still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the positive for them is, 
it seems like these transfers are still kind of, you know, slowly still kind of coming out. I think this this pandemic has probably altered, you know, how things are kind of playing out a little bit. So there still could be opportunities in May, June, and into the summer. But obviously, you know, they, they've been involved with some of the top guys. But, you know, outside of Tyler Harris, they've not really been able to kind of move past these finalist lists. Talking to Alex Halstead, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. Alex, have you noticed this week, I mean, we go back a couple of weeks ago, and it seemed like um, uh, that this was just a non-starter. If there's no students on campus, we are not uh, going to uh, be playing football. It seems as though the last few days that stance has softened a little bit when people realize, you know, it's one thing to say that, it's another thing to be able to say that and to stick to that, knowing how much football means to athletic programs into schools overall. Have you noticed that this week that there's a lot of schools seemingly walking back on that uh, on that hard line, if you will? Yeah, I think they want to keep all options open. Obviously, we know like Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, you know, they're in this obviously, I mean, I shouldn't say just them, but those players want to get paid. They only get paid if they're playing games. They Those leagues want their TV contracts. Uh, the, TV con, the TV people could start running into problems if you know, there's people who aren't very happy that they're paying for these these channels that don't have sports on them. So there's kind of a big circle of, you know, they got to figure out kind of how to make money, and those they're professionals, and, and that's what they do. The college model, obviously, we know what the impact would be if there was no college football uh, on all these schools. I mean, their budgets would be completely, you know, whittled down, and, and they'd probably be in a point where what do you start doing with some of your smaller sports and that sort of thing. And so they, they know they have to play, but they're in this weird spot of, they're against the, you know, these these players are student athletes. And so yep. if there's no school, then how do you play? And like you said, that was kind of the stance early. But now I think they're trying to maybe keep all options open because they also understand how important football is, um, mostly to, to keeping everything alive in your athletic department. If you don't have football, can you really have a, the softball and volleyball and all that? You know, football is going to fund so many of those things. And so um, I think they, in some ways, want to keep all options open and are kind of trying to push forward of, you know, doing so. No question. Alex, we're out of time and have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Alex Halstead. Okay. okay thanks, guys. Thank you, Alex Halstead. Cyclone Alert 24 7 Sports. Uh, there is no governor press conference coming up, so we'll talk uh, to Nick Athen on the Chiefs when we return. Miller and Condon, an hour to go. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.